Happy June, listeners. It's St. John from Nerd Noise Radio, and I'm doing something I've never done before. Recording from outdoors. I'll post pictures of my makeshift rig out on the back patio on the Nerd Noise Radio Easy Mode group on Facebook in case you're interested. I figured that rather than fighting the outdoor background ambience with music, I'd just not include music at all this time, which I think might also be a first. So you'll get to hear the breeze and the traffic and the bird song and even the white noise from the baby monitor since Wyatt's down for a nap at the moment. A couple announcements. First, the big one. The 2019 track list is up on archive.org, and I will include a link in the show notes. It's time to get started on our best of 20XX, and that means listener picks from all of you. Please peruse the list and get submissions to me through any means available by email at nerdnoiseradio at gmail.com, on social media, in the comment section of either this announcement blog post or the blog post for the track list, by Wizarding Owl, by Spy Network, by Carrier Pigeon or Barbershop Singing Quartet Telegram, by Smoke Signal, you name it, just get me tracks. Deadline for track submissions is September 30th, and the track limit for the episode will be 50. However, if we go meaningfully past that, we can always have a supplemental bonus with the leftovers. I'll also want you to tell me whether you'd like to lend your voice to the intro and outro, like we did with C1E40 in December 2018. Episode will be C1E55 and will release in December, though the exact date remains TBD. I can't wait to start hearing from you with tracks, so let her rip, everybody. Second, I had planned on doing this in March, but the COVID situation had led to delays, uh, which kind of wrecked the plan. The original release date for the TurboGrafx-16 Mini slash PC Engine Mini slash Core Graphics Mini was March 19th. To coincide with this release date, I had planned on sharing the TurboGrafx-16 miniseries from, uh, from September as that month's rerun, part one on the separate reruns feed and all three on the main feed, in reverse order, parts three to part one. Uh, but uh, as I had said, the COVID situation delayed production of the device, ergo release of the device, and as such, I had to scrub my plans. In fact, I apologize for the fact that there were no reruns at all in March. I had been so busy with getting backtracks wrapped up that I hadn't had a chance to get anything else put up and out. Well, then the TG-16 released last month, but with not enough warning time to do anything about it in terms of reruns. Leaving June is my first opportunity. I do have my TG-16 Mini, and as expected, I absolutely love it. It truly is the little engine that could, though with the Mini Factor, as it were, being so much less than on the NES, Super NES, and Genesis Mini sitting right next to it, it really looks and feels more like the great big engine that could. <laughs> so my March rerun plans with the TurboGrafx-16 miniseries have simply been moved back to June with one addition. To close out this special announcement, I will share just the snippet from the Golden Episode 2, Part 2, that's C1E50B uh, from December 30th, 2019. Uh, the, just the snippet from that that tells the story of the TurboGrafx-16 series, it's coming out, how Bryce Dumond of TurboTastic and I put it together, and so on. If that doesn't sound interesting to you, or you, you've already heard it on the Golden episode and don't feel like you need the refresher, then certainly feel no compulsion to listen to it. Um, but it's there for the rest of you. It's, it's a great overview of the series uh, itself that should make the listener all the more... Let me say it again. It's, um, it's a great overview of the series itself that should make listening to these reruns all the more rewarding uh, as not only will you be hearing the episode, but you'll be able to apply the lens of knowing what all was going on and what was behind it. 
uh, either way, after my sign-off, the special announcement uh, um, will will conclude with a replay of that. Since it's a small piece pulled from a larger body, it references things that won't pertain to us today, such as the tracks that came in the prior block, as well as the tracks that would be in the block that it was that it was handling, uh, but which we will not be hearing today. And lastly, after the production and upload of this special announcement today, I will be taking a two-month break from the show. Well, sort of. I'll be receiving and organizing the list of incoming C1E55 tracks from you, will still be available by social media or email for questions, issues, or just small talk, and will still have to upload a few reruns that I didn't have the opportunity to pre-schedule ahead of time. But I'll be doing as little with Nerd Noise Radio as possible till the start of August. I have reruns for June, July, and September on the main feed, which I have pre-scheduled, so there will still be content, uh, as well as reruns uh, June, July, August, and September on the reruns feed. So, So as I said, there will be content. We're not going dark. But I will not be doing any new work on the show till I return. No, nothing bad's happened. I just need a break, and so do the wife and the kids. Uh, I look forward very much to returning recharged and refreshed, uh, refreshed, full of new ideas and new energy. Until then, I put things on autopilot, so there will at least be content, having handpicked a number of reruns that I really enjoy, complete with tacked-on ear catchers about the track list for C1E55. And again, I will still be reachable for anything you need, and especially to receive those tracks for Best of 2019. So, I will see all of you in August. In the meanwhile, I hope you will enjoy the reruns I have prepared for you, including this TG16-related segment from the Golden episode. Have a glorious June and July, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. And wherever you are, fly the end. That was Music Mini Block 9 of 10 <clears throat> for episodes 41 through 46, or Season 3, Part 1 of 2, if you prefer. To recap, you heard Process Control from GT Sport on the PS4, My Dear D from Shinobi 3 on the Genesis, Subtune 1 from Flash Gordon on the C64, The Blazing Sands from Final Fantasy X on the PS2, and Transparliant and Blue from Night Striker on the Mega CD. And lastly, for Season 3 Part 2, we'll wind down with Episodes 47A through 49. For Episode 47, we need to speak in plurals, as there, were not, there was not one, but three 47s. 47A, Turbotastic, 47B, The Little Engine That Could, and 47C, Tidal Wavetable, a.k.a. The Continuing Adventures of Buzz Lightyear. It was our show's first ever miniseries something that wouldn't have been possible with the time constraints of the previous years unless we wanted to do something really hackneyed like an episode proper and two episodes to follow up, which actually was the original idea. Since this project had gotten started so far ahead of time, summer or fall of 2018, that the idea of killing the Channel One feed hadn't really started being taken seriously yet. 
But when that change happened, these were all rebranded as Channel One episodes, and I'm much, much happier that way. This series was done in collaboration with Bryce Dumond of the TurboGrafx-16 Game by Game podcast, TurboTastic. I'd reached out to him asking him if he'd like to do something like this, and when he said that he would be, I asked him for tracks that was originally intended to be just one episode, originally intended to be called The Little Engine That Could. I told him that the idea would be that I wanted the final episode to be around 40 tracks, and that he and I would split them as close to right down the middle as possible. So he gets back to me with 20 tracks? No. 30 tracks? Nope. He gets back to me with 39 tracks. <laughs> so much for splitting them up, eh? After I replied with a kinder, gentler version of what the frick, Bryce, he said he'd narrow it down, and he, and he did. To 29. <laughs> so I said, no problem, I'll pick some tracks too, and we can just make a series out of this. A pair of episodes was the idea at that time. So we restored his original list, minus two from Blazing Lasers, due to a simple mistake on my part, plus an additional one from Legendary Axe, since there was confusion between which of two tracks he wanted, and we just decided to include both bringing his final contribution to 38. My intent was to pick about the same number of my own tracks so that we'd have enough for two episodes of about 40 apiece. Only if the original problem could be categorized as Bryce getting a little overzealous and picking too many tracks at 38, then what can we call what I did in response but going completely out of my mind with a simply outrageous 94? 94! Yikes! nearly triple the number of tracks that we had just finished gently chiding Bryce over as being way too many. That's bananas. Apparently self-control is just hard to find as it concerns PC Engine and TurboGrafx-16 music. Well, so what the heck are we going to do now? Thus was born the three-episode approach. Bryce and I's picks both leaned chip of center in terms of the ratio of HUC6280 system chip music that is, music produced by the system's actual internal sound hardware, to Redbook CD Audio, music read off the game disc the same way it'd be read off a regular music CD. At 13 and 14 respectively, Bryce and I had nearly the same number of CD audio tracks. I just had a ton more chip tracks to go along with them. 80 to 25 for anyone who's counting. Actually 79, since one of my tracks was a hybrid track where it featured the HUC6280 system chip, then also added percussion from the CD-ROM add-ons additional built-in ADPCM channel, which would customarily be used for things like voice clips and dialogue sections or for the audio and animated cutscenes, and was only very rarely used as an additional sound channel to buff otherwise standard HUC6280 music. So we made parts 1 and 2 each a mix of CD audio and chip tracks, as well as a mix of Bryce's picks and my picks, where part 3 was all me and all chip. Parts 1 and 2 were each 40 tracks, and Part 3 was 50. To get to this round set numbers, I dropped two of my tracks for a final count of 77 chip, 14 CD, and one hybrid, totaling up to 92 tracks. And would have dropped an extra two and restored Bryce's missing two instead had I caught on, my, caught on to my mistake in time. Now, so far Parts 1 and Parts 2 sound the same on paper, but the million dollar difference between them was all in how we divvied the tracks up. Part 1 was Bryce-heavy. 27 out of the 40 were his, and only 13 were mine. Part 2 was the opposite. 29 of the 40 were mine, with only 11 of them being his. At one point, I toyed with giving him his own episode and taking one of my own, 
But A, that kind of went out the window when we had a third episode, and B, I thought it'd be so much better if we could combine our energies and blend our styles into something greater than the sum of its parts. So that's what we did. Talking about the list of tracks that Bryce picked, in my own list, there were at least three other major differences besides, beside the size. If any of what I'm about to say sounds like it's being said in either as a either as a positive or a negative, I apologize. All statements are being made as neutral statements, and indeed the fact that we both went such different directions here I think only made the final product so much better as a result. Now, first, Bryce went pretty all-in on big impact blockbuster AAA tracks, whereas I tended more towards the deep cut, off the beaten path tracks and games. I mean, as big as my list was, of course there were certainly AAA and AA and single-A games in there, but that's not where I placed my focus. I knew that Bryce had that space very well covered. Two, Bryce also tended very, very heavily towards high energy and particularly hard rockin' tracks. That's not to suggest he didn't have a few smooth, mellow, or happy tracks. He certainly did. It's just that the balance of them were more high-octane. By contrast, only what maybe a tenth, maybe a fifth of my tracks were on the higher energy side, and really none of them at all were outright rockers. Again, Bryce had that space very well represented already. And three, Bryce tended towards going deep, as in multiple tracks from the same game, where I tended to go broad, as in featuring more games and fewer tracks per game. In fact, most of my tracks were tracks where it was the only track from the given game. Looking at the numbers, Bryce's 38 tracks came from just 13 distinct games. Only four of them were games where there was only one track featured. He had three where there were two featured, two where there were three featured, three where there were four featured, and even one where there were six featured, uh, which is Ease Books 1 and 2, with five of those six being CD audio. My 92 tracks came from 64 distinct games, with 44 of them only featuring one track per game. I had 14 games where I featured two tracks, four games where I featured three tracks, and only two where I featured four each, namely those games were I Choanaki and Metal Stoker. Again, this is not a better than worse than comparison. Both approaches worked complementarily to benefit each other and the whole. This is just a demonstration of how vastly different the approaches were. I certainly did indulge myself a, a little bit with deep focuses as well, but I wanted to mostly keep myself broad to cover as much ground as I could manage. I did decide, though, that I didn't want any more than three tracks per game per single episode, so the four and overs were broken up. Ease was three and three between parts one and two. Lords of Thunder and Salamander were split three and one between one and two. I Choaniki was split one and three between episodes one and two. Bloodlines and Legendary Axe were split two and two between one and two. And Metal Stoker was split between was split two and two between one and three. Many of the two and three track games were split between episodes as well, though I won't go into those here. In the show notes, I'll include a link to an Excel document which shows the breakdown. There were no games that appeared in all three episodes. Anyway, because of all this, all three episodes ended up with very different energies and very different souls, feels, and, and personalities. And I take great pride in that and like to say that for two guys in one system, these three episodes are about as unlike each other as possible. I'm very proud of all three of them and will cherish the memory of getting to work with Bryce on them always. So what were their personalities? What, what were they like? Well, part one was the rocker. It was the party animal of the three. It was pretty much all go, no quits. There was no chill zone in the episode at all. 
Even the tracks of my own that were thrown in were thrown into complement prices and to keep the energy going rather than provide significant contrast. Part 2 was about as polar opposite of Part 1 as two episodes featuring heavy metal from the same system, often from the same game, and picked by the same guy can possibly be. Part 2 covers by far the broadest spectrum of emotion and energy of the three, whereas Part 1 covers the narrowest band. Part 2 features moments as heavy and as energetic, and maybe even more so, than what was found in Part 1, but then also features the deepest chill moments of the three. And despite having those high-octane moments, Part 2 overall is the mellowest, the most laid-back, and the coolest outing of the three. It features happy moments, spacey, ethereal, and even experimental music. It also features a pretty deep extended chill zone. If Part 1 is the party animal, then Part 2 is the moody deep thinker. Considering how Part 3 is all Chip and all me, whereas Episodes 1 and 2 were both a mix of CD and Chip and both a mix of Bryce and I, and given how both 1 and 2 feature hard rock heavy metal moments, whereas Part 3 doesn't, well, you'd think Part 3 would be the outlier. You'd think Part 3 would be the odd man out of the three. And, I mean, in some ways it certainly is. Heck, in some ways they're all standouts. They each take their turns being the, the remarkable one. However, overall, in terms of style and flow and personality, somehow this one ends up, I feel, kind of being the middle child of the three. If part one is the party animal, and part two is the moody deep thinker, part three is the well-rounded but agreeable gentleman. If part one is fire, and part two is ice, then part three is earth. If part one flies like a rocket across the sky, and part two floats like in a sensory deprivation tank, Part 3 cruises like a respectably cool car going down the freeway at about the speed limit. It never reaches the energy level or octane of Part 1, and its chill, chill zones don't last as long or go as deep as Part 2, but it does cover the whole space in between. Like Part 2, it tends towards deep cuts, but like Part 1, it tends to keep the toes a-tapping as it doesn't dip very chill very often or very long. In short, Despite all the on-paper similarities between 1 and 2, and all the on-paper differences between 1 and 3, I still think 3 feels like the middle ground. A couple quick last things about the 47 trio. Number 1, this was another project where the gestation period was very long, much longer than intended. I first reached out to Bryce about the possibility of doing this project all the way back in July of 2018. By August he had had his track selection to me, and by early October, all three music blocks were fully produced. So by the time they came into your world, they had already turned a year old in Bryce and I's. See what I mean about living in an alternate, an alternate timeline as the show's producer? Two, I made a decision that there would be no games that Bryce and I split, meaning no games where he and I both picked tracks from them. There were a handful of tracks that Bryce picked that would have been on my radar to pick had he not, such as the Legendary Axe and Bloody Wolf tracks, and Bonk's Adventure was on my radar too, but for different tracks. But I wanted all picks from a given game to all come from one person, so I featured some Legendary Axe 2 and Bonk's Revenge instead. 3. Despite Episode 3 having 10 more tracks than the other two, it was actually not the longest music block of the three. In fact, it was the middle. Really, all three were remarkably close in length, with part one being the longest at 1 hour 44 minutes 57 seconds, part two being the shortest at 1 hour 41 minutes and 20 seconds, despite having the longest individual track with Shadow of the Beast, and part three being 1 hour 43 minutes and 53 seconds. All three were within three minutes in length of each other. Three also had the shortest outro proper, 
since we didn't have to list who picked which track on it. So, so the 50 track would have been the shortest of the three overall had it not been for the blooper reel. Bryce and I both made a lot of screw-ups during the recording process, and capturing, sorting, and distilling those made for some good listening. I don't know that it rose to the level of greatness that was the episode 40 blooper, of course, but it was still fun. Because of the blooper, part 3 ultimately ended up being the longest of the three, at 2 hours, 10 minutes, and 45 seconds, versus 1 hour, 59 minutes, 33 seconds, and 1 hour, 56 minutes, and 45 seconds for parts 1 and 2, respectively. 4. The way I split up the intro and outro script between Bryce's reading and my reading, you may or may not have noticed, but parts one and two were absolute mirror opposites. Um, the lines that I said in part one were the lines he said in part two and vice versa. Uh, in both cases, we read our own tracks, but the balance being opposite, that feels kind of opposite too. Part three was non-standard, so it was split up a little bit different. And I made sure that Bryce had the majority of the time reading the tracks since he didn't have a hand in, in uh, curating them. 5. The biggest reason that I so love and am so proud of the three episodes all sounding and feeling so different is that it greatly increases the range of musical itch scratching that can be done for potential audiences. It meets more needs for more people, catching both the rocker and the space fan and the chip fan all at once. If we had left it to just Bryce, it would have been a rock fest. If we had left it to just me, those rockers would have found it to be a snooze fest. And had it not been for part three, chip and hardcore retro purists would have been left wanting. And yet, between the two of us and the three of them, we covered the whole space and left everyone happy. Bryce, the TG16, and I. What a fantastic team. And finally, Legacy. In terms of my level of pride and gratitude for all three episodes, they are equals. I love all three and have listened to all three multiple times. In terms of the public's reaction, I can see various people choosing each permutation of hierarchy. 123, 132, 213, 231, 321, and 312. It would not quibble with any of them. I think that of the three, my personal favorite is part two. Of course, I'm a space fan who loves chill zones and the rich, lush textures that CD audio tracks are able to create. And also, I'm one who loves broad spectrums in an episode and the challenge of making wildly disparate tracks into a music block that makes sense and works. And I feel that they are the ones which make the best journeys in general. And, and two was definitely the vastest journey. I do think that part one is the most important though in part because it is so abundant in styles of music that my show is generally lacking in because of the personal biases of its hosts, and of putting too much of an emphasis on scratching his own itches rather than the itches of the broader audience. Related to that, it's also the most important because it had the biggest outreach impact of the three. It's also the most important because it's the one where our esteemed guest is the most prominently featured. And it's also the most important because it gets the first word in a very big miniseries, featuring a combined total of 130 pieces and just shy of six hours of music. When it comes to reruns, it's the one that I will be the most likely to feature. In fact, the TG16 Mini comes out in March next year, does it not? So I would not be too surprised to hear these rockin' CD spins or Velvet Gravel Wonderfulness of HUC 6280 somewhere around that time if I were you. Now, we talked about episodes 48 through 49 in part one. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our final mini-block of the series. 
From C1E47A, TurboTastic, originally released Thursday, September 12, 2019, you'll hear Stage 1-3 from Aicho Aniki on the PC Engine, composed by Iwasaki Taku. From C1E47B, The Little Engine That Could, originally released Thursday, November 19, 2019, you'll hear Outside Ref, The Pyramid of Ice, from Dungeon Explorer 2 on the PC Engine, composed by Misaki Inoue and or Akihiro Honma. From C1E47C, Tidal Wavetable, aka The Continuing Adventures of Buzz Lightyear, originally released Thursday, September 26, 2019, you will hear Reminiscence, Dai Monkyo, from Tengai Makyo Fun Kabukiden, on the PC Engine, composed by Kohei Tanaka and or Keita Hoshi. From C1E48, Battle of the Bits, Volume 2, originally released Sunday, October 13, 2019, you will hear I Came, I Saw, a Battle of the Bits original chiptune for Super NES, composed by Kung Fu Furby. And finally, from C1E49, Mishmash Monday, Volume 8, originally released Monday, November 11, 2019, you will hear Your Sunset from Tekken Tag Tournament on multiple systems, composed by Taku Inoue, originally selected for episode 49 by Mario Mendez. Our background music was Marcel City from Kuso Kaguko Sakai Gulliver Boy on the PC Engine, composed by Kohei Tanaka and or Kazuhio Sawada and originally appearing on C1E47B. Enjoy. <laughs> 